Good morning, People's Church, and everyone who's joining us this morning. We are so glad that you could join us for our morning, our Sunday morning service. It is really a privilege to be able to host you this morning, and I thank you for taking the time out to actually connect with us online. You know what has been blessing me this whole week, and I'm going to charge you up for the service by just reading out the lyrics of the song from um, Elevation Worship and Maverick City Music. There's a song called Million Little Miracles. And the verse says, All my life I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how, because I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. I've got some blessings that I don't deserve. I've got some scars, but that's how you learn. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. I think it over and it doesn't add up. I know it comes from above. And in verse 2 says, You held me steady so I wouldn't give up. You opened doors that nobody could shut. I hope I never get over what you've done. I want to live with an open heart. I want to live like I know who you are. I hope I never get over what you've done. It's not coincidence and it's not luck. I know it comes from above. And this morning, I think of the so many little million miracles or million little miracles, whichever way you look at it, that God has so blessed us with. And as we go into worship this morning, as we go into the service this morning, I want to remind you that you are so blessed and it's going to be an amazing service. If you're joining us for the first time, we welcome you. We are so glad you could make it. We have a welcome link. Please click it and fill in the de your details so that we are able to connect with you outside of this time. Just to update you on some church news, our AGM will be taking place on the 5th of September after the morning service. If People's Church is your home church, is your family church, then we expect you to stay behind. And please remember that pre-booking is essential so that we can prepare for you as per COVID regulations. We also have our exciting dawn prayer meetings that happen every Tuesday at 5 a.m. It's just for an hour. It helps to wake up once a week at 5 a.m. And it is by what it happens via WhatsApp. To be added onto this group, kindly speak to Mr. Matebula. Or if you do not have his number, there is a link on the People's Church Church Center app that you can click on and we will be able to add you onto the platform. Don't forget our midweek prayer meetings that happen every Wednesday at 6 p.m. You also need to pre-book for this particular event. It's so lovely, like I said, to have you. This morning, I will be bringing you the offering message and the Word of God, freshly baked from the throne, himself, from the throne itself, will be brought to you by Mrs. Morodi. We invite you to enjoy the service with us. God bless you.
family. It's um, wonderful to be with you again this Sunday. I would like to encourage you this morning as I bring to you the offering encouragement for today. Yesterday as I was scrolling through Facebook, I saw a post that I had shared in 2011 and it said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I reshared that post and I said, 10 years later, the Lord is still my shepherd and I'm still not in want. This morning, I want to encourage you with a scripture from Philippians 4, from verse 10 to 20, it says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, 
with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. As I read the scripture, I was encouraged. And I'll tell you why I was encouraged. First, Paul speaks about how he has learned to live with little or with much. And I thought, that is true for many of us. Because we've all been through seasons where we've had a lot. And, also, and we've all been through seasons where we haven't had much. And we have learned to live through the seasons. But today I want to draw your attention to the fact that it was not you who was able to live. It was not you who was providing or meeting your needs. It was God. It was your heavenly Father himself. Paul says, even so, in verse 14 says, even so you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. And in verse 18 he says, at the moment I have all I need and more. And I thought, this is, it almost sounds controversial for Paul to speak, to speak about a present difficulty and at the same time speak about having all he needs and more. And it made me realize that there's so much more that we have. There's so much more that we need that God has already provided, but there's so much more that we have that goes beyond what money can buy. You're watching this video today. It says to me that somehow you have access to the internet. Somehow you have a device to connect with. Somehow you have experienced God's favor just by being alive today. And I want to draw your attention to the fact that this same God who has provided for you, this same God who put you through or who took you through the seasons you've been on, this same God who kept me through 10 years from 2011 to 2021 who was my shepherd two kids later I don't know how many job changes later I don't know how many times I have opened and shut businesses later the same God who has kept us through those times is able to keep you today and going forward and what does this have to do with offering everything everything because this God has invited you to partner with him. He's invited him, you to be part of what he's doing. He's invited you to meet the needs of the people in your community, of the people in your church. He's invited you to be part of his big, big, big vision of changing lives, 
and touching people's souls through his word. So I want to challenge you as you give today, know that your God is still for you and he's still looking after you. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, that you have met our needs all these years until today. Thank you, Father, that you have provided for us even when we did not know we were in need. Thank you, Father, that you are our source. Thank you, Father, that you are more than enough for us. And Father, this morning as we give to you, we trust you with our lives, we trust you with our finances, we trust you with all that concerns us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, church. We hope you are all doing well. I'd like to personally invite you to our next in-person Sunday or Wednesday church gatherings. We understand that safety is a priority for most people right now. And I can assure you that we are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that you and your family will be safe before, during, and after the church gathering. So here are some of the things that you can expect at any of our in-person church gatherings. Upon arrival, you will be greeted by our fantastic check-in managers who will scan your temperature and make sure that you have filled in the COVID-19 declaration form. To ensure a smooth and contactless check-in experience, we ask that you uh, pre-book your seat online and also fill in the COVID-19 declaration form prior to your arrival at church. If you are also signing up for other members of your family, make sure that you have filled in the COVID-19 declaration form for each member of your family. As you enter the auditorium, uh, one of our ushers is going to help you to find your seat. Now, our seats have been spaced out to allow for a safe physical distance between you and those that are around you. But you also have the option of sitting next to your family members and your loved ones. We ask that you kindly keep your face mask on, covering both your nose and your mouth throughout the time that you will be on the church premises. Because your safety and the safety of those that are around you is one of our top priorities. And lastly, as awesome as Church at Home has been, we know and we can assure you that it cannot compare to an in-person church gathering. So I cannot wait to see you on our next church gathering. Take care and God bless you. Good morning, church. I'm glad you could fellowship with us today. It's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning, isn't it? Before we go any further, please join me as we pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your presence this morning. Lord, we just honor you for who you are in our lives, O oh God. Lord, we lift your name on high this morning, and we pray, Heavenly Father, that you may minister to us through your word this morning. O oh God, may we hear you, O oh Lord. May we hear what you have for us this morning, O oh God. You say your word does not come back, does not go back to you void having not done what you sent it to do, O oh God. So this morning we stand in faith and we thank you because we know that your word will do what you have sent it to do in our lives. We thank you so much, almighty Jesus. We know that you will change our situations. We know that you will strengthen us to go through whatever we are going through. Lord, may you be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Amen. Today we'll start off with reading Psalms 136. If you have your Bible with you, please tend to it. It reads, Thanksgiving to God for His enduring mercy. 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him alone does to him alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. To the sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever the moon and stars to rule by night for his mercy endures forever to him who struck egypt in their firstborn for his mercy endures forever and brought out israel from among them for his mercy endures forever with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm for his mercy endures forever to him who divided the red sea in two for his mercy endures forever and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel, his servant, for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever and rescued us from our enemies for his mercy endures forever who gives food to all flesh for his mercy endures forever oh give thanks to the god of heaven for his mercy endures forever as you might have already picked up today we are talking about the father's enduring mercy so what is mercy the dictionary meaning of mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. In simple terms, mercy means showing compassion to someone you are justified to punish. Now that we understand that, allow me to paint a picture of God's mercy. Mercy has been God's currency throughout the entire Bible. That's how he operates, and it's his nature. I'll give a few examples. He was merciful to the children of Israel throughout their journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. He instructed them to make the Ark of the Covenant with a mercy seat as a cover. And he said he will meet and speak to them from above the mercy seat. And once a year, the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies. This is where the Ark of the Covenant was, to atone for his sins and the sins of the Israelites. 
He would do this by sprinkling the blood of a sacrificed animal on the mercy seat so he could atone for his sins and the sins of the Israelites. In the book of Exodus, chapter 34, verses 4 to 7, the Lord speaks about himself as compassionate and merciful. Let's read it together. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. And he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 to 6, the Apostle Paul speaks of the ultimate expression of God's mercy. It reads, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. You see, the mercy of God shines bright through the ultimate sacrifice of his Son and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Through faith in him, our transgressions are forgiven and we are saved. Having given these examples, there is one parable in the Bible that spells nothing but bountiful mercy of the Father on his children. It's the parable of the lost son, commonly known as the prodigal son. It's found in Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. Let's look at what it says. The parable of the lost son. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, There arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Here we read of the irresponsibility of the younger son. He asks his father for his share of the inheritance. Then he squanders it all and gets to a point where he has nothing to eat. His situation gets so severe that he would have gladly, emphasis on gladly, eaten what was fed to the pigs. It must have been really bad for him. Let's continue to read verse 17. Verse 17. 
But when he came to himself, when he came to himself, oh, how I love this. You know, whenever I see but in the Bible, I know things are about to take a totally different direction. But brings a certain type of hope with it. Because as we might all know, but is a conjunction used to introduce an opposing statement to what was originally said. So the Bible says, but when he came to himself, which suggests he had lost himself, right? Because if you think about it, you can't come to yourself if you're still yourself. You know, church, we also lose ourselves sometimes for whatever reason. It may be power, money, achievements, friendships, pain, whatever it is. And in that moment, we can make unwise decisions. We can behave in an inconsiderate way, speak unkindly. Such things happen. It happens to all of us. We must keep ourselves in check so we can see if we are still ourselves or we need to come back to ourselves and remember who we are and whose we are. So the first thing we learn here is it's important to come back to ourselves. Let us continue reading verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? But when he came to himself, he remembered home. He remembered how well taken care of his father's hired servants were. And he made a decision. Let's hear what he decided. Let's read verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. In his mind, the prodigal son planned an apology, determined his worth, and positioned himself according to what he thought he deserved. His apology was, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. This apology is really mind-blowing for me because I'm thinking, when did heaven come into the picture? So he knew of heaven. And I just thought, actually, the apology gives a glimpse of the type of teaching he might have had. When I read this, what came to mind was Colossians 3 verse 23, which says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. In his apology, the prodigal son says he has sinned against heaven, meaning he has sinned against God and before his father, which means in the presence of his father. So it's most likely he had the understanding that what he, what he does, he does unto God. Also, it seems like he, he was aware that in disrespecting his father, who's the authority figure in his life, he's disrespecting God. 
Church, through this we learn that when we disrespect or disregard authority, ultimately we sin against God. And we have a responsibility to come back to ourselves and make amends. The prodigal son was well on his way to fix things with his father, which is the right thing to do, church. Moving on to his worth, the prodigal son says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You see, bad decisions can strip us off our perceived worth. Looking at his decisions and their consequences, the prodigal son thought there's no way he could ever be good enough to be his son's father. In his words, he says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. The standard of being a son might have been clear to him. Whatever the case, the point is he thought he didn't fit the mold. How sad for a child. As a parent, I was just thinking, this son clearly has zero experience of being a parent. But as a daughter, I understand where he's coming from. I've made mistakes in my life, which I was embarrassed of. And all I could think is, I am unworthy of my parents or my family. His choices and their consequences stripped him of his perceived worth. That's why he was happy to be made like one of the hired servants. I'm just thinking, how was that going to work practically? Was he going to stay in the house and do everything that was being done by the servants? Was he thinking he will stay with the servants? Or was he just going to eat the same food as them? I really don't know. But the point is that he would have been happy with whatever the arrangement looked like. For me, this is sad and humbling. Sad because I'm thinking he must have felt really bad and ashamed. I mean, for him to be okay with being treated like one of the hired servants in his own father's house, that's telling. And it's humbling to see that he didn't want to be treated like nothing had changed. When in fact things had changed, he messed up and he was willing to own it. This is a lesson even to us, church. When we mess up, which we'll do sometimes, we need to be humble enough to acknowledge we have sinned against God and before the authority figures in our lives. It could be our parents, our bosses, church leaders, our teachers. By so doing, we own up and accept their authority over us. Let's go back to the Bible. Luke, verse, Luke chapter 15, verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I can't even picture this. It's just so touching. All the son wanted was to come home and to be treated like one of the hired servants. But the merciful father saw him from afar, and he ran to him. I can't even imagine a father running to a child who has dishonored him so much. But this father did. 
The Bible says he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Picture it. That's indescribable love shown through incredible mercy. I wish the Bible told us how the son felt. But we can just imagine it. We can imagine it because God is that kind of a father to us. A father who is just waiting for us to rise and come to him. And in his mercy, he embraces us. He comes running to us while we are still a great way off. He sees us and has compassion for us. If only we could rise and go to him. We need to understand this. The son had not even apologized when the father ran to him. The father's compassionate nature moved him to action. The father was moved by his own nature and not by the son's actions. Do you hear me, church? The son had not even apologized when the father ran to him. The father's compassionate nature moved him to action. The father was moved by his own nature and not by the son's actions. I'm thinking, when Jesus said this, people in that culture understood the gravity of the father's compassion. Because a man of that stature, who runs an estate, running towards his son as fast as he could, And maybe holding up his attire so it doesn't stop him from running fast enough to get to his son. This father didn't consider his esteemed position when he ran to his son. Church, this is exactly how our heavenly father is like. He would gladly disregard his position and run to embrace us. While we are still far off, he is a compassionate father who is moved to action by his merciful nature. Let's go back to the Bible, verse 21. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Note how the father doesn't even give attention to his son's apology. Instead, he speaks to his servants. Let's read again. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fetid calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. What a moment. What better way to show mercy than by restoring identity and worth. The father asks for the best robe to be put on his son. A ring and sandals. And he slaughters a fetid calf. I like it when he says to his servants, let us eat and be merry, for this my son, this my son. He calls him his son because to him, 
That's who he is and that's who he'll always be. He doesn't even ask questions. Instead, he welcomes the son back without any reference to his mess-ups. All he shows is gratitude that the son came back home. May we endeavor to be such parents. What an amazing revelation of the mercy of a father over his son. And church, this is the same mercy that our Father God so freely pours over us. He embraces us fully and despite our mess-ups. He cares that we are back home and He reinstates us to our rightful position in Him. He celebrates our homecoming because He is a compassionate Father, full of mercy, and we are His children. The Bible says heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Be that one person that causes heaven to repent, to rejoice, sorry. In Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12, the Lord says he will be merciful to our unrighteousness and our sins and our lawless deeds. He will remember them no more. Let's heed the call to repentance. Our Father in heaven pardons our iniquities and shows us mercy again and again. Not because of us, but because He delights in showing us His unfailing love and unending compassion. You see, mercy is the foundation of all forgiveness and our Father God gives it to us freely and in abundance. Let's continue to read verse 25. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fetid calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood, with harlots, you kill the fetid calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. I think the sad part for me is that the frustrations of the older brother are understandable, humanly speaking. And yes, his brother messed up. There's no dispute about that. But it doesn't mean that he mustn't be forgiven. When he repents, the older brother's responsibility was just to be merciful. And just like him, sometimes our responsibility is just to be merciful. 
and take our humanly pains to God. He is the one who helps us through our struggles. So, if you forget anything else today, please remember this. Mercy is freely and lavishly given to us by our merciful Father, not because of us, but because of His merciful nature. But for us to access it, we need to come back to ourselves. Be willing to repent for sinning against God and before our authority figures. To rise and go to our Heavenly Father. Repent before Him and there will He meet us with unending mercy. Once we are in the household of God, we must forever extend mercy towards others. I don't know where you are right now, church. I don't know whether you're at a place where you still need to come back to yourself or at a place where you are willing to repent. Or maybe you need to rise up and go to the Father. Or you just need to apologize. I don't know. What I do know is that God is here today and He's willing to meet with you. He is here to hear you out. So I would like to encourage you to do some business with him this morning. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for being a merciful father. Thank you for loving us so much that you have given us your son in whom we can find forgiveness, oh God. Lord, this morning I just want to pray, Heavenly Father, our God, for those who say, it is time I rise up. Lord, meet them while they are still far off, O oh God. For those who say, I repent. Lord, I know you are a forgiving and merciful Father. For those who need to come back to themselves, I know you will shine a light into their situations, O oh Lord. Father God, we thank you. And we know that you'll be with the ones who say, I can't show mercy. Lord, hear their pains. Lord, this morning, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, and we surrender before your presence, O oh God. We repent before you, almighty Jesus, and we know that we are forgiven. Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful time. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, my name is Mondi Glenn, and together with my wife, we pastor People's Church. I'm so glad that you chose to join us online today. And I pray that God uses this resource to make you more and more like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now it's important to note that these kinds of resources are never meant to replace the need for you to belong to a local church congregation where you are led and shepherded. A place where you can use your gifts and your resources to make a positive impact on the lives of the people around you. This is only meant to supplement and not substitute that. And lastly, I would like to ask you, if these resources have been of benefit to you, would you kindly consider giving to People's Church? This is so that we can continue to invest in technologies that help us and enable us to increase our reach and spread the message of Jesus Christ even wider and to even more people. For ways to do that, you can go to our website and click on the Giving tab and you'll see ways to be able to give. Now once again, thank you so much for joining us today. Take care 
and God bless you. So thank you for joining us today. We know that you were blessed by the message. We pray that you will go and take it with you as you go into the week ahead. Trust that the Lord is with you. We trust that God will continue to keep you. Have a great, wonderful week. And remember to let your light shine so that people can see Jesus through you. God bless you. Bye.